Happy Thanksgiving from the Bills Dudes. We have an incredible episode for you today. Yes, I do a little armchair quarterback and break down what happened in this Colts game. I'm blaming everybody. I got fingers pointing everywhere like Oprah giving out cars on the TV show. You get some blame, you get some blame, you get some blame, but I'll tell you where it really starts and who's the most to blame. Also, I'll preview a little bit of that Saints game heading into Thursday night. We should win this game, but I'll tell you where we could have a little bit of problem. Happy Thanksgiving, Bills dudes. And you know what time it is, right? It's Stats for the Ladies, featuring our boy Matt Burita. Did you know that Matt Burita has 12 touches for 117 yards and two touchdowns in the last two games? That's 9.7 yards of carry, 9.7 yards of play. That's sexy, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And don't forget, this Bill's Dude podcast is unofficially sponsored by Pepsi. Pepsi. I don't know if you know this or not, but Pepsi was a part of Thanksgiving. What had happened was... The people from Plymouth Rock had a bunch of ingredients laying around. They had some caramel color, they had some phosphoric acid, they had some citric acid, they had some caffeine, and they're like, we don't know what to do with all this stuff. We want to make something for this dinner and show you, the Indians, what we're all about. And the Indians are like, hang on a second, we have high fructose corn syrup. And they're like, no way. Like, yes, why don't we mix these ingredients and see what happens and boom explosive it was pepsi right then and there so as you know pepsi was part of the plymouth rock thanksgiving celebration because two different worlds collided and the ingredients came together to form something bubbly something delicious something both sides would never forget pepsi it's been there from the beginning and it'll be there till the end. We love you, Pepsi. Bills dudes. Yo, hey, what's up, everybody? I'm back. Guess what? The Bills dudes are back. Welcome to the happy Thanksgiving edition of the Bills dudes podcast. Okay, let's get the Colts game out of the way right now. That was a brutal loss. And what it did was it resurrected all these insecurities that we have about this team. You know, it made us have self doubt. I think for the first time this year, you, you could, you could put the Pittsburgh game as the first game of the season, a blocked punt happened. You can take the Tennessee game and say, you know, that was at Tennessee. Josh Allen slipped. It was just one play. You could take the Jacksonville game and go, I don't know what that was, but maybe once a year a team has those kind of slip ups, but this Colts game, this Colts game was something different. You know, it exposed this team as, okay, so what's our deal stopping the run? Can we make adjustments? You know, we saw consistency where we, when we played Tennessee, you saw Derrick Henry had that super long run. And what happens with this Bills team is it's the fear, right? It's the fear or the thought of a running back busting one for 80 yards based on our defensive scheme that freaks out this team on defense. You know, so they'll play close to the line. They'll play back to the line. 
that give up the middle of the field because they're trying to anticipate a run play and there's a gap behind those zone defenders. And you saw the Colts do this a couple times to catch the Bills, saying, okay, you want to come up so far, you better be disciplined. I was going to catch you with a crossing pattern with Jack Doyle, crossing pattern with Michael Pittman. So that's what the Bills are facing. And once a team gets that ping pong mix where they're running misdirection, you saw a couple wham blocks where Taylor was coming to the outside to the left and they were attacking that left edge. Um, the Bills get into a trouble get into trouble in those situations because they don't know really, they really don't know how to handle it. We don't have an aggressive linebacker that can hunt along the line of scrimmage. Tremaine Edmonds is great, but like I said before, he's more of that NBA rim protector in zone coverage rather than that guy who's going to mop up the line of scrimmage, get a TFL, and contain the run game. So the Bills are in that mix. Now, it's a matchup situation, right? So you look at teams that may have that advantage against the Bills in the playoffs, and to me, there's two and a half, right? So I don't know if the Bills can beat the Colts if they played him again this season with Jonathan Taylor playing the way he is. And although we didn't have Star and Tremaine Edmonds, I don't know if the Bills have the right mix to stop Jonathan Taylor. The same, I feel the same way about the Cleveland Browns. I feel like Nick Chubb and the Cleveland Browns can do the same exact game plan and they can dominate the line of scrimmage. I mean, watching that game, you never saw resistance at the Bills' line of scrimmage. You never see them push the Colts' linebacker. You just saw Taylor like plowing forward for four or five yards, or he was just busting one for 10 or 12, a couple long runs here and there. So it's definitely a matchup problem. And now this thing that comes up with um, – there's a couple articles, a couple pieces that came out with the Bills where you know they were being labeled as soft. It was they did, they did The person that wrote this article cut right to the chase, Tyler Dunn. The Bills have a soft team. And I think I wouldn't, I would characterize it not as soft, but I would say finesse. They're kind of one of those finesse teams that, you know, like to put up points and get those interceptions. That's what they're built for. I mean, the strength of this Bills defense isn't run stopping, it's not thumping, it's not toughness. It's they got guys who, you know, are basically receivers in the defensive backfield, you know, Poyer, Micah Hyde. Trey White, Teron Johnson, like those guys are ball hawks. That's what this defense was constructed on based on Bean's anticipation of where the NFL was heading. Okay. So you have guys back there that are just going to, they expect to see passes, passes, passes. We expect to run a nickel coverage a majority of the time. And our whole goal of this offense is to stop the pass. And when we play a running team, we just don't have those pieces. And I think Bean is right in building the team this way because you saw the Chiefs. You anticipate that Mahomes is going to be doing this for five to ten years. You have to have a defense that's going to be able to stop that. And if they get a power back, then we're really in trouble. But it's going to go through Kansas City. Kansas City is going to be around. Um, and the other team that I think, you know, Baltimore is kind of in the mix. They Lamar Jackson has actually gotten better at throwing the ball this season than he has, has in the past. But it's the, the Colts and the Browns and those teams, I mean, fine. But late in the season, I don't think that really scares the Bills. For the Bills, they just didn't want to get thrown on, and that's how this team is constructed, and they're not built for stopping the run. So with all these things happening, you know, where, where do we turn as far as blame or is this a fatal 
characteristic fatal flaw in this Bills roster? Well, I'll tell you this. To me, I've been critical of McDermott, and it's the same thing that keeps popping up for me. I just don't understand his mindset. Now, he has, to me, he has, a, there's a canyon in reality where it's like on one side of the canyon, there is this team that he thinks he has that is this attacking style, uh, aggressive, win their matchup battles, being physical, running the ball on offense, running it late in this late in January. And just, we haven't even gotten there. And he's just like, well, let's just get the run going now. So come January and February, we can do it. And we don't have the pieces. And he keeps trying to force these issues, especially with the call, the plays that we're running on first and second down, which puts us behind the sticks and puts us in obvious passing situations where they could do that deep cover two shell and try to make Josh Allen run. And then they have a spy out there and we're completely limited with what we can do on the second and eight and, and third and long. Okay, so the reality is that we we're not that team. We're a, we're a passing team. We're a finesse team. We can we should be able to throw five five or seven yards slants or curl routes whenever we want to. That's the team we are. And on the other side, like I said before, our defense is more finesse than anything. We're, we're built to stop the pass. If you if you get in a, in a pressure situation where it's like second and eight, third and eight, we should be able to bring enough pressure. We don't have a bunch of sacks to talk about, but this team doesn't look at sacks as the metric for success on defense. This team looks at sacks as something that's fine, but they look at pressures as the main uh, factor for a successful defense because they want to get turnovers with our ball hawks in the backfield, they want the ball in the air as much as possible. So if they can just get a little bit of pressure and have a quarterback pump or get moved from his spot and throw the ball sooner than he wants to, then what we have is a potential for a turnover, flipping the field and that sort of thing. But also I just want to say, you know, I mean, you had a chance at the trading deadline. I mean, to me, if I'm going to point fingers for this loss and maybe there's something fatal and this may, prevent us from getting to the Super Bowl. We may lose the division. There's all these things that are floating in the air. I mean, I think it starts at the top for sure because you have been having a chance to upgrade this roster at the trade deadline. If you're going to give up a first-round pick for Diggs, thinking like, okay, this is where we are, you're at the precipice. You're at the doorstep of going to the Super Bowl, okay? Why aren't you making that other move? I mean, the Rams have given up first round picks, it seems in perpetuity. I don't know if they have any first picks left for as long as this franchise is alive. With the Bills, it's like, why not take a chance on get a guard in here, shore up the middle of the line if you want to try to run the ball? If that's what you believe in, you're not backing up whatever you think this philosophy is, what McDermott preaches. So, also, to me, it's just, can you get maybe another, if you're going to be a finesse team and you're going to throw the ball down the field and try to score a bunch of points, can you get another wide receiver in there, right? So there's this whole like incongruity between uh, at the top, between management and then coaching, and there's a little bit of philo philosophical difference going on there as far as what kind of team this is. And I think that's one problem is the Bills are mired in wandering through the desert saying like, who are we exactly? Like, what are we? You have this. Um, idea of what we were last year, which was an aggressive team that passed the ball on first down often and play calling always had people in a popcorn machine because they weren't sure what we we're going to do. Nothing's really changed with our lineup. The whole goal of this team was to run it back this year, right? So nothing's changed with this line. We have the same players. Some players may like 
to me, Beasley's maybe lost a step a little bit. Sanders might be dinged up, and maybe his age is showing. Gabriel Davis is not playing. I don't see him injured. I don't see anything that's changed from this year to last year. So what are we doing? We have this idea of what we were last year, and then we have this year where we've gone completely conservative. We've gone into more of a shell. We've coached scared. Um, McDermott's had some glaring errors. And to me, you know, for example, here's here's a couple things that I would talk about with McDermott. So we are the one of the worst teams in the NFL on fourth down. Okay. We're 31st in the league on fourth down where I believe we're three for 10 and we've converted two of four fourth and ones, and we've converted one fourth and 10, everything else we've not converted. Okay. So we're not going for it as much on fourth down and we're not getting it on fourth down because I don't know what's going on. We're, we just haven't been that aggressive and we haven't been converting those fourth downs. We don't have the plays, whatever it is. So to me, that makes conservative McDermott show up. It makes that McDermott that showed up in the AFC championship game last year that was kicking field goals inside the five yard line. It was the McDermott that wanted to kick a field goal against the Colts in 40 at a 49 yard field goal in swirling winds. But, you know, Credit to McDermott where we had Josh Allen going for it on fourth and one against Tennessee instead of going to overtime to try to go for the win. I like that move there. So so where's the identity? Like, who are we? Do you, Does McDermott believe in this team? Does McDermott believe in this offense? Do you, does McDermott believe in this defense? If you believe in your defense, you should be playing with house money. You should take more chances knowing that if you have the chops, if you have the defensive chops, you should be able to go for it. And even if you don't get it, you should be able to force a three and out on the next possession and stop a team from putting any points on the board. Oh, sure, there's a field position thing going on, fine. But, you know, that's what we have to decide here. Like, it, you can't safe your way to a Super Bowl victory. You know, you can't just, like, be cautious on the road to the Super Bowl. You have to take the Super Bowl. You have to grab it. You have to snatch it from somebody. You have to be aggressive to go down that road. And McDermott, to me, has made a couple mistakes, and I think he's getting – into his McDermott shell again. And I don't know what exactly is going to happen down the road. I don't know what he's going to do to either change that because the more that the bills don't convert fourth downs, that makes it less likely that he's going to take more chances and go for it. And he's going to want to be more conservative in, in running the ball, you know, and besides that field goal in the Colts game, I thought he made a bunch of errors in the Jaguars game that I could talk about for a second. For example, he didn't accept that holding penalty and he gave the Jags three points, a 55 yard field goal instead of pushing them out of field goal range and they converted it. And that was, we lost the game by three points. Furthermore, towards the end of the game, we had a fourth and 16 on our second to last possession. And he calls a timeout. We had three timeouts left. He calls a timeout. What happens then is if we don't convert the fourth and 16, we don't have enough time to get the ball back. So, you needed to be have a heads up situation there. It's like, make your team go for it on fourth and 16. Okay. You have three timeouts. If you have the defense you think you have, then you're going to get a three and out and get the ball back. All we need is a field goal. We have the best field goal kicker in the league. It's those moves that make me question like, does McDermott have the chops? He's from the Andy Reid coaching tree. Is he, has he learned how to mismanage games somehow by osmosis through being part of Andy Reid's thing? You know, is that is that mindset, is that thinking process embedded in his decision making? And, you know, I've said it before, but 
if there's one obstacle that's stopping the Bills from getting to the Super Bowl, I I really do think it's his coach. I mean, I have a track record now from the Texans playoff game, which I still think is one of the worst losses we've ever had. And the AFC championship game against the Chiefs, you know, it's just situations like that where it's like, you know, do you want to go for it? Like, you don't get that many opportunities. You know, you, you think about in the past, uh, Seattle had this awesome dynasty. Remember Kaepernick, Harbaugh, San Francisco? You're like, oh, man, these teams are going to battle for decades. This team's, you know, the Saints were like right up there for a long time. You know what? And, and in the blink of an eye, it's just gone. It, it's just three or four years. You have a window. And then all of a sudden, like, who knows if you're ever going to get back to prominence again. And you need to go after it while it's there. And I think from the top to the coaching, I think this team is like, what the what 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 are we like? Do, does anybody believe in us? Like, do do you believe that we can convert? Do you believe in our skill set? Do you believe what we did last year was just a fluke? Because this team believes that that's who they are, the team that was last year. And our defense has gotten even better. So you should be taking more chances more chances down the field, more going for it on fourth down, maybe blitz a little bit more. Let's try to get some more pressure on the quarterback. So to me, there's all these different things that are floating around and you want to point the fingers at this, this and that. To me, like Josh Allen is the least of all the problems, right? Because he's 21 touchdowns, nine interceptions. His completion percentage is about 66%. So He's made some uncharacteristic mistakes that you didn't see him make last year, but he's trying to force the ball a lot because you know what's happening is we're calling shitty running plays. Zach Moss is one of the worst running backs in the league, and we're getting a second and eight and a third and nine. And like I said, they're dropping a two deep cover shell. They're having a linebacker spy, Josh, and then he's got to make a quick throw a decision. They're doubling digs on one side. Beasley isn't beating his man. Sanders is occasionally open but you know he's just doesn't have the same windows and opportunities that he had last year because of down and distance because of play calling early on in the downs okay that was my rant i know a lot of people want explanations that's exactly what's going on with this team and let's move on to the latest bills update okay so the bills are playing new orleans thursday night Thanksgiving night. We love Thanksgiving games. The last time the Bills were there, they crushed the Cowboys on Thanksgiving Day. And this is the type of game where Josh Allen shines. I could tell from his press conference. I saw his press conference today that he had the eye of the tiger. He loves primetime games. He's going to be that dude that's flexing, saying LFG the entire time. Let's fucking go. And this team will beat the Saints. On Thanksgiving Day. But before I go into that, they have to win this game. Before I go into that, I want to give you some updates with the roster. So we haven't declared anybody out for Thanksgiving. We had Tremaine Edmonds practice in full. We had Beasley full practice. So we have our whole roster. However, however, Starla Tulele and Spencer Brown are still on the COVID list, which means... They need to clear, they need to get a test that says that they're negative for them to play tomorrow. I don't know if they play. And for, I thought for sure we would have Star. I thought for sure we would have Spencer Brown. We need Spencer Brown more than Star because the Saints looks like they are very injured. They're not going to have Kamara. They may not have Ingram. Uh, Trevor Simeon is, has an injured hand. So they are very depleted on offense. And I feel good 
with Ed Oliver, the way he's been flashing and the way our defense is, that we should be okay stopping the Saints on offense. On the defensive side, I mean, on, on the offensive side, we should be fine as well because this team, you know, we have all our weapons. They they have a pretty healthy defense, but Spencer Brown, man, you would love to have him because the Saints have a great, great defensive front. So for this team to actually put up a bunch of points, I don't think they need to put up crazy like 22, 28 points to win this game. I think like 20 to 7, maybe 23, 7 could win this game. And that should be the focus, just taking care of business and moving on. Now, heading into the Saints team, they've just got blown out by the Eagles last week. The Eagles ran for 200-something yards on them. Uh, although we don't run the ball well, uh, Jalen Hurts had had a hell of a day rushing the ball. He had a couple touchdowns. He had 70-something yards rushing. So for us... Let's get Josh Allen in those running situations, those rollouts to the right, and let's just keep doing that because I think the Saints do have some problems once somebody gets to the second level. They don't have that linebacker that can really clean it up. And as far as Beasley being injured, I know he's had a rib injury the last couple of games, and he's been very limited, and they try to put him in and out. Uh, this has got to be a game where he has seven, seven, eight receptions for 75 yards because we need to have the option of him on the other side of the field to move the ball on offense. It's not going to take a bunch of points to win this game. What it's going to take is no turnovers, moving the ball down the field, and wherever we can get points, we have Bass in a dome. He's one of the best kickers in the league. We should be able to continuously try to put up some kind of points because whether it's Josh running or us hitting passes in the zone, we should be able to rack up enough yards. Now, this is a bad matchup for the Saints for this reason. Trevor Simeon is almost last in the league against zone defenses. He's 31st, okay? So that means we play zone a majority of the time. When we're playing zone, there's going to be balls that are going to be in the air for interceptions. Like I said, our defense is a ball-hawking, back-end built defense, and Simeon is prone to make those mistakes where if he's moved off his spot and he forces a ball down the field, once that ball is in the air, I like our chances to take it. And we're going to need one or two turnovers to win this game. The other thing is this, regardless of, you know, the Saints team, they beat Tampa early in the year. They were a different team. Kamara's out. It's not the same team that had some surprising victories earlier in the season. I think this team is trending down. But regardless of that, it's actually Drew Brees's ring of honor jersey retirement night yeah so the crowd is going to be into it the crowd always is into it there but i think it's gonna be even a little bit more like amped up and the bills have to just kind of survive the first quarter and not force anything and play their game because there's that stadium's going to be electric and i know bills mafia is going to be there i know bills mafia is going to be invading that town but to me you gotta you got to just survive that first quarter, maybe get an early point on the board and early, early points on the board and build off that lead. Oh, and by the way, another, I, I forgot to mention this earlier, another McDermott coaching error. And I think he's just been slipping a lot of the time because last week we win the coin toss. We had great weather. We have Josh Allen as our quarterback. We know that we may have trouble stopping the run. Starla Tula lays out. 
he chooses to defer the coin toss, knowing, knowing that it's going to be bad weather in the second half and it might be more difficult to pass the ball down the field. So instead of us taking the ball and maybe scoring a touchdown on our first drive and making the Colts kind of like think like, oh, are we, we got to force things a little bit? Are they just going to keep scoring every possession? making them a little bit insecure. We give the ball to the Colts and the Colts put a nice drive together and then they're up seven, nothing. And I think that was a huge mistake by McDermott. Huge. Um, I don't know if it's stubbornness. I don't know what the thing is. Like we do it this way, but to me, you, you, you can't make those kind of mistakes. And, and, and uh, yes, it's a philosophical thing, but to me, I thought that that was like one of the pieces that really affected the game by letting the Colts score first on that possession. But anyway, um, I think we're good going into this game. Like I said, the Bills probably win 23-10, 23-7. Then we have that big game against the Patriots Monday night. Now, we're seventh. We're the seventh seed in the playoffs, which is mind-blowing. The Chiefs are moving up the charts. They have the same record as we do. They have one more win because they haven't had a bye yet. And the Patriots are in first place in the division. And then we play the Patriots Monday night, and that is the biggest game of the season. I didn't think we would get here. I didn't think we would ever relinquish um, first place in the AFC East. But that Patriot game, and I haven't been a believer in Mac Jones. I've seen him do a lot of like little five- to seven-yard passes. The Patriot defense has been carrying this team a lot. by getting. They've gotten like a ton of pick sixes. It's incredible how many pick sixes. J.C. Jackson has six or seven interceptions. But – Let's focus on the Saints game. The Patriot game is after that. We have a really tough stretch ahead of us. And the other part that's been rough on this team is we've lost four conference games. And we we're going to lose tiebreaker. if we, we can't hope to get a wild card because we lose tiebreakers to the Colts. We lose tiebreakers to the Titans. We lose tiebreaker to the Steelers. And I think any other team that has less losses in the conference and we already have four. So although we can't afford to lose, we can't lose the Patriots game whatsoever, but we have Tampa after that. If we lose the Tampa game, that's an NFC loss. I didn't really expect us to win that game. They play really well at home. We have some nice games coming up against the Panthers, the Falcons, the Jets, and then we have an away game against the Patriots, which again could be a huge game. So that's it here. That's it for me. I just wanted to really talk about that Colts game. So I know maybe you still have that bitter taste in your mouth. The Bills players are saying it right, that they're so glad that Thursday came around and they can and they can move on from that Sunday debacle where they got blown out and try to get this victory. And then they'll have a nice 12-day rest between this game and the Patriots Monday night game. So that's a good thing. Um we're all grateful for that. So I just want to wish everybody happy Thanksgiving. We're back on the podcast. We took a couple of weeks off trying some different things. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy your time with your families. I hope you eat your faces off. Um, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and go Bills, baby. La, 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 la,